0: Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. Now, we are doing a little bit of a different series than we had planned for the month of April. We were originally planning on doing a career series, but then we found ourselves in the middle of COVID-19 crisis. And so we shifted gears a little bit to think about what content we could be providing for you to help you really through this weird time. I don't want to call it a difficult time because I've heard from some people that they're really enjoying this time. You know, I think that this just brings up a lot of stress and anxiety because it's change and it's different. And, you know, the thing I think is interesting about all of this is I'm always looking to see what is God doing in this? How is he going to use this? Because we know he's, he uses everything together for our good. And I can't wait to see how he uses this. But one of the things I have really noticed is that it's causing us to really look at our lives a little bit differently, look at ourselves a little bit differently, look at the way that we react to the world around us and what we really truly need and value and prioritize in our lives. And I think that that conversation is really, really healthy. And so I wanted to bring back a conversation that I had two years ago with a guest when we were doing a series about stress. Now, this is a two-part series. Today, we're gonna be airing part one. Next week will be part two. But part one is really dealing with our own internal stress. And we're talking about the way that we handle stress, what our go-to reactions are, and what that has to do with God. And, you know, I just couldn't think of a better episode to bring you while we're going through all of this because it's certainly a message I needed to hear again. And it was two years ago so you might not have even heard it before. Now, for this two-part series, I am joined with a special guest, Dr. Miriam Coaster. And what I love about talking to Miriam is that she is a working mom, just like us. Everything she does is very biblical-based. She has a two-year-old boy, well, now he's probably four, and a little girl as well. She has her doctorate in neuroscience, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also the co-founder of In Relationship, and a marriage workshop called Seven Conversations to Enrich Your Marriage. And I just really love Miriam's truth and her perspective. And I know that this will be a blessing to you. And I hope that you are also using this time to really just be praying and asking God to show you the different things that he wants you to see about yourself and the way that you react to stress and just the world around you and see if there might be something that he would want you to learn from this and maybe do a little bit differently. Now, if you haven't yet done so, I hope that you hit subscribe because we have a lot of bonus content coming to you over the course of the next few weeks. Now, the bonus content are really short episodes, like 10 minutes-ish. Some of them are a little bit longer. Some of them are a little bit shorter. But they are really audio that are taken from our lifestyle guide that you can find inside the Your Life Rocks app. And so we have made our entire April Lifestyle Guide all about tips and inspiration to help you thrive during the covid-19. So you're going to find in there articles about your faith, marriage, parenting, career, home, health, finances and friends and fun. And what we've done this month is we've just taken those articles, made them audio messages so that you can listen to them right inside of the guide or you can listen to them as bonus episodes on the podcast. So without further ado, let me get into my interview with Dr. Miriam Coaster. Mm-hmm. Miriam, welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast. I am so excited to have you on. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Jenny. I am excited as well.
0: I know you have some amazing wisdom that you're going to be sharing with our audience today. But before we get into all of that, share a little bit more about who you are.
1: Yeah. So I actually um, I am a wife to a wonderful husband and have two beautiful children, a two-year-old boy and a three-month-old girl. So we have a very full life and a very busy indeed. That's kind of personally and professionally. Um, I have a PhD in neuroscience and I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also co-founder of In Relationship, which is a platform that offers resources to people on how to thrive best in relationships. And so we have podcasts and blogs and even a marriage workshop called Seven Conversations to Enrich Your Marriage. I enjoy spending time with my family and I enjoy cooking too. So I'm always on the lookout for new recipes and I am actively involved in my church.
0: I love everything that you just said. As you were talking about all these things, I was thinking, how great is that you have to try to balance like the, I mean, you've got like little kids plus Mm -hmm. an amazing career, plus you love to cook. I mean, your plate is pretty full, which I think is very incredible. And so all the more reason for us to be talking about stress and and relationships and stress today. But before we get into all that, I have to know, how how do you balance it all? What does balance look like? How do you define balance for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Jenny. Um, So life balance for me really centers around three important relationships. One is my relationship with God, the second is relationship with myself, and then the third is a relationship with others. So I don't know if I ever like fully arrive at complete life balance, but I it's it's more like striving towards balance or harmony by feeling most anchored in these three categories of relationships. Mm-hmm. So if I kinda if I kinda think of these relationships falling in like concentric circles, I would say that when I feel most anchored in my relationship with the Lord, which is the most innermost circle that sort of breeds harmony into the next circle, which is a relationship with myself, and then the next circle, which is a relationship with others. So that's sort of how I maybe characterize or define balance. That's beautiful. And how appropriate is your
0: anchoring of balance in relationships? And that's really such a huge part of who you are and who God made you to be and what you're doing with your life. I think that that's such a great
1: illustration of of just who God created you to be. Absolutely. I'd really value relationships and I feel like we come alive the most when we can thrive in relationships. Mm, Absolutely. So what got you started in this line of work? What,
0: What made you kind of excited and passionate about relationships?
1: Yeah, so I have a science degree, like I just mentioned, a PhD in neuroscience. And I was finding that, you know, my head was in it, but my heart was not in it. And a lot of what I did was very academic, uh, behind behind the scenes, uh, behind a computer. But I really valued the relational connection with people. And I was doing a lot of ministry at my church. And I was like, you know, these areas of interpersonal skills are not being utilized. And I wonder if God has more for me. And so I, um, I happened to attend, and this is really God, you know, a seminar where there was a, um, a psychiatrist who used counseling skills, his psychiatry practice and neuroscience to help his patients. And I was like, wait a minute, I have that neuroscience background, you know, I, I love Jesus and yeah, he also incorporated Christianity into it. The only thing that I don't have is a the therapy counseling background. So I chatted with him after the seminar, and he's like, "You would be a perfect fit for this if this is something that really you feel like God's calling you to." So I kind of prayed about it, and my husband and I decided to invest in it, and, you know, just just been plugging away since then. Yeah.: Oh my gosh, Isn't God so
0: good, just in the way that He guides our steps in ways that we could never, even imagine things to unfold the way that they do?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, if you were to ask me when I was little, hey, would you have imagined being a a marriage and family therapist? I'd be like, nope, never even thought about that, you know? (laughs) But (laughs) But here I am because this is where God has me fulfilled.
0: Oh, I love it so much. Well, and I mean, working so closely with relationships, I know stress is probably something that you deal a lot with both yourself personally, but then also really guiding other people through, which is why I thought it'd be so beautiful to have you on to share some of your incredible wisdom with our audience as we're one looking at stress in our lives and what that what does that mean but really also equipping ourselves with the skills that we can then deal with stress in a healthy way because I, I believe stress is not something we can avoid right but it's all in how we can how we deal with it when it does come up so before we dive into all of the great tips that you have for us. First, share with us a little bit about what stress is and what happens in our
1: body when we experience stress. Yeah, absolutely. So relationship stressors are probably the most common dynamic I work with in my practice. And stress is something that throws everyone for a loop. Neurologically, there's actually a part of our brain that perceives and registers stress, you know, whether it's the stress of speaking in front of a large crowd, the pain of rejection in a relationship, or even disappointment from not receiving, say, a promotion. So this part of the brain is actually connected to another area that releases a neurochemical called cortisol, which is actually a stress hormone. And when cortisol is released, it actually gets our bodies ready for that fight, flight, freeze response. So cortisol is good because it propels our body into action to do something about the stress. Now, here's what's interesting, Jenny. Cortisol during stress also activates another neurochemical called oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. And that makes us seek out reassurance, comfort, and help from people we love and trust. Mm. In fact, research shows that contact with a loving, trusting person can actually buffer us from the intensity of the stress and help us navigate distressing times with hope. So when a person is able to be there for us and walk with us in our stress, it actually reduces the cortisol stress hormone levels in our brain. Isn't that fascinating? That is
0: incredible. That is so incredible that we are just wired for a relationship, even
1: like in the, the most stressful times. Absolutely. God never intended us for us to live life on our own, but always in relationship and community. And science just corroborates what God already shows us, you know, in scripture. That is amazing.
0: And you know, when we talk about balance here at your life, Rocks, we always speak to three different pillars that I believe however you define balance, and I'm all about people defining balance and whatever they that they need to in order to achieve it. So it's possible in their life. But regardless of how you define it, there's always three pillars. Number one is very similar to yours, actually exactly yours, having that relationship with Jesus, having God at the center of your life. But then we also talk about that relationship piece is the second pillar, and then the third is Mm -hmm. systems, but you know, as working moms, I mean, stress is just, I, it's, it's in the game for everybody. But I think, especially as working moms, it can be even more so with just everything that we have to balance. And so I love that, that community and relationships is such a huge part of balance and coping with the stress of life and just everything that happens. I think that that's just so beautifully that how it's
1: woven together. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think it makes us realize that we can't do this on our own. You know, I think our in our culture, we crave independence, uh, but actually God calls us for community and interdependence because that's where we can thrive the best. Mm,
0: yes, absolutely. So I want to take your three pieces of balance that you had originally talked about and kind of talk about those in the relation of stress. So let's first talk about about God, because I know that you really believe that He has stress as like an opportunity for us. So talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the word stress may have a negative connotation in our culture, but I sort of reframe it as a God-given opportunity to grow in humility, wisdom, and connection. Humility because, you know, we recognize that we are not ultimately in control of anything in our lives. So we have to surrender to the plans and purposes of the sovereign God, who truly does love us. Proverbs talks about how the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord is the one that establishes his steps. The second piece that I talk about is wisdom, because we can receive greater perspective and insight about our relationships. Proverbs again talks about, you know, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean on our own understanding, but to acknowledge him and to not be wise in our own eyes, because that can bring healing to our flesh and refreshment to our bones. So in a way, relief and restoration can come when we, when we can learn to depend, when we can gain greater perspective from the Lord. And that the third piece is connection, because again, like I said before, God never intended for us to go through this life on our own. So he teaches us connection with him and others as a vital source of our well being. So, Matthew, you know, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are 59 one anothering commands just in the New Testament, you know, encourage one another, pray for one another, rejoice with one another, weep with one another. So, I feel like God uses these stresses in such a powerful way to depend you know, create a dependence on Him but also with others mm, so rather
0: than looking at stress as one of those like you said, those negative things or something that you know is a sign that there's something wrong. I think sometimes we have that message in our culture that when you experience stress or something that's uncomfortable, like it's a sign, right? It's a sign that there's something that you need to address. But really, I mean, it could be a way of a blessing as
1: well. Right, exactly. Because there's always things we can learn and grow from that. And, you know, this is the reality of the life, the fallenness of the life that we live in, right? We are going to, stress is a given. It's not if it'll happen, if it's when it'll happen. And so recognizing that and being prepared for how to embrace that is, is, can be very fruitful and helpful.
0: Mm, I like that approach of it just being really about being proactive. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this show right now could probably list like five things that they're stressed out about at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes too, as Christians, like there's almost this, I don't want to say it's like a negativity around being stressed, but there is a little bit of self-judgment I think sometimes. And why am I stressing out about these things? I should be casting my my worries on the Lord and, you know, not worrying about these things, but yet sometimes the stress still seeps in. And so I love that you have these three things of humility and wisdom and connection as almost a way of giving grace for when stress does come up in our life.
1: Yeah. And to expand our understanding of, hey, what is really happening inside for us? What is really happening in the relationship? that maybe we're feeling the stressor in or in the situation because we ultimately don't have and know we have we are finite beings we don't know everything about every situation so there's something that we can we can learn more from and so I would take that approach than say, ah, oh, this is just awful. I should just, you know, just surrender this to the Lord, but it's just not going away. I'm still feeling that anxiety, you know. So I would rather learn to work through it than just say, okay, I'm just not going to think about it or, you know, I'm just going to go run more. or.
0: Right. Yes, absolutely. Or shove it under the rug and pretend like it's not really there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that those are great things for the anchoring you know, with, with God and, and that piece of balance, tying it back to that, your balance piece, I think is really critical, but it also is a great gateway into that next anchor that you have, which is that relationship with yourself. And I think that that's really where so much of the stress lies, right? Is, is inside of ourselves because there's external stresses and then there's internal stresses, and then there's the internal stresses from the external stresses that we experience. (laughs) Absolutely. Share with us a little bit
1: about that internal stress and conflict. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people sometimes say, you know, how do I know if I'm really stressed? Because sometimes we can have a more reactive approach than a proactive approach, you know. And for me, I'll share, people like myself are extreme doers. And so I honestly don't even realize that I'm stressed until it like physically hits me that I like fall over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm um, right there assume, with you. I, yeah, I just assume I can do it all and then some, you know? But what's cool is God has created in everyone like three internal stress indicators or markers that give us an idea of how and what is going on inside for us. Because this really helps us tap into how are we really doing? So one of those indicators is feelings. So the questions that you can ask um, in that category is, what emotions are coming up for you about God or ourselves or others in this stressful situation? The second category is thoughts. What beliefs or cognitions are coming up for you about God or ourselves or others regarding the stressful situation? And the third category is body sensations. Where in your body are you feeling or noticing that stress? So I'm going to share an example, Jenny, if that's okay, just yeah. so people, people, the, your audience can try to kind of get a picture of how this works. So I am somebody that values cleanliness and organization in my home. But, you know, in this season of life with little ones, I I can't always expect that. And so what's interesting is that when my husband and I are not having a great day together, any little stressor can just push me over the edge and create so much more discord between us. So say he forgets to clean up the kitchen or load or unload the dishwasher after we're done with dinner and our evening routines with the kids, I just get instantly frustrated. But if I stop to think about it, it's not really about the dishes or the kitchen. There's a whole lot more going on. So if I could slow down and start to identify what's going on within me, the markers of my stress are, for example, the feeling of frustration and annoyance. So that would be the feeling category. My thoughts are something along the lines of, I just can't believe he can't see the mess in front of him and help Mm -hmm. me out, you know, especially after all that I have been through with the kids today. Or I have thoughts like he doesn't really care about me. I have to take care of all this by myself. And then the body sensation for me is like a tightening in my shoulder because that's where I normally carry a lot of my stress. So when all this starts to happen and percolate, I get critical or silent and just sort of attend to the kids so that's sort of a picture of what's happening inside for somebody and how you can identify stress. So this is, this is really great.
0: I, I'm so glad that you shared that illustration. And I think we can all relate to that. You know, I'm thinking even yesterday, I had a, a very stressful day at work. And I was, as you were talking, I was like, yes, those feelings, yes, those thoughts. And the thing I think is really interesting is sometimes we have those feelings and those thoughts or those body sensations that are very personal, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. about us. But then when you're talking about the feelings or the thoughts about God or the feelings or thoughts about others, because sometimes it's really easy, especially if we have a more negative internal dialogue about ourselves. But then when we start to see us projecting that stress out onto others through feelings and thoughts about them, how do we break that cycle?
1: Yeah. So... Really, what that's that the process is to sort of slow down ourselves first, because we can easily, like you said, yeah, project the pain onto somebody else. And one of the ways you can do that is these internal stress indicators really help us um, access our own heart issues. So when we're able to slow down and access heart issues, then we can actually slow that cycle down between us and the person that might be causing stress or you might be cause co- you might be the one causing the stress so can i talk a little bit about like how how we can do that maybe oh yeah absolutely please do okay so so the these internal markers right of of emotion and thoughts and body sensation usually start to unveil heart issues and i kind of define a heart issue as a desire to rely on or trust in, in anything more than god himself mm. something or someone becomes more important than god himself and, and can become an idol in our lives. You know, Tim Keller in his book, Counterfeit God, says that idols are anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you, what only God can give. So examples include pride and self-righteousness, self-worth, a desperate need for approval and affirmation. Maybe even it's control and manipulation, basing your identity on what people think of you or how people perceive you. Even good desires, like a desire to be loved or known or appreciated and cared for, when they become ruling or dominant desires, can become a stressor in relationships. So, in the example I shared with the cleanliness, you know, as I spend time in self reflection, so I have to personally slow myself down and evaluate what the stressor is doing in me before I can stop the cycle. I mean, the one way to do, I guess, stop that cycle, like you said, is to, to pause and reflect what's happening in you first before approaching the other person. So, when I did that for myself, for example, God started to show me that one of my heart issues was wanting control to have it all together in my way in my time and the other heart issue was choosing to rely on the peace that comes from a clean home. <laughs> as, <laughs> as funny as that might sound, you know, when, when but when that becomes really dominant, I base my entire emotional well-being on it. I must have it or else I won't be able to have peace. Like that's what's going through my head. But when I was able to slow down and really think about it, I realized how futile that dependence was. Because you know what? Tomorrow I would have another pile of dirty dishes. And so that dependence on cleanliness is not really sustainable. Mm. So cleanliness is not going to give me, or organization is not going to give me ultimate peace, but rather Christ, who's the Prince of Peace. So these heart issues start to show up. And as I start to repent of these heart issues, then I can start to say, okay, what can I do differently from here? Mm,
0: I love that. So it's almost, um, if, if we were to break it down into steps of, mm-hmm. of really identifying one, what is happening, right? Of, mm-hmm. of I'm starting to have these feelings and emotions or thoughts towards other people or about God or about myself and feeling that spot in your body. And I think, you know, going back to being proactive too, I think if we all just sat for a second and thought, what are those body sensations? I mean, like you were talking about the pain in your shoulder. I know for me, it's like in the back of my head. Mm. My head hits my neck. I will start to, I call them two by four headaches. So my kids know, like I'm getting a two by four headache. Feels like someone hit me in the back of the head with a two by four. Like that's when I know stress is like getting too much. Yeah. And it's very much like, as you were talking, I was like, yes, when I get those, I'm always extra critical of those people around me. I'm extra critical of myself. My emotions are inflamed. So I think it's important that we, one, identify what those are ahead of time so we can be proactive. But once we've identified that, then kind of taking ourselves away from that and and really almost being in prayer to be able to repent and, and to kind of bring God back into the center and find that balance with that first pillar of our relationship with God.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, just as we think about, okay, if he can give us our greatest sense of balance in these moments, then it can inform how we interact with ourselves, but also with other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's easy to think I shouldn't be thinking this about my husband. It's not fair, but really, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot and we could read, his thoughts <laughs> when yes. he's stressed about us, like how hurtful that, that would be. And so I think it, it is such a great, coming from a great place of, of having that perspective to be able to take yourself, remove yourself from that situation and really figure it out what that heart issue is that's going
1: on. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we want to learn to be honest in these, these moments because the more we're honest with ourselves and with the Lord, then He can really help you know, till the the soil of our hearts and give us greater perspective, give us greater wisdom and say, okay, how can we approach this differently? Because if we are not fully honest, then the same cycle will happen again. We'll we'll find ourselves getting stuck in the same places again.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And what a great piece to kind of pull up there. Now, when you're working with someone and they're starting to go through this process of identifying, knowing that everyone is at different places of personal development. Some, yeah. some people are a little bit easier to recognize these things in themselves and to be able to process them and others, they might need a little bit more help. Do you recommend journaling it out when you feel like this is where you're at and you need to kind of analyze where you are? Or do you feel like talking to that trusted friend, going back to that community support and having those conversations? Or what do you feel like is the best way to be able to process this and really kind of get into touch with
1: what is really going on. Yeah, so that really depends on the personality of the person. So if they are more inclined to be introspective, then maybe even choosing to step away and having some time to self-reflect and gather your thoughts through journaling. I have some clients that'll go on walks, you know, and being in nature and just outside can help them just process through things. So some people do that, but some people are like, you know what? I have my emotions. I have my thoughts. I have my sense. I know what to say and I'm ready, you know? But what we want to make sure that we don't do is come at restoring the relationship from an escalated, heightened, activated place. So what that means is if I'm still feeling angry or burdened or hurt or, really like heavy headed about it, then it's likely that that conversation may not go well. So we want to, if we're in that state of just feeling that sense of escalation in the emotion, then that would be an indication that you're not ready to have that conversation, but maybe you need to go process it with a friend or journal or step away, you know, Mm. Um, because you want to be able to approach, you know, restoration um, and reconnection especially if it's a relationship stressor from a place of calm so you can actually have a conversation and the other person can really hear your heart and not just a fray of emotions.
0: Mm, Yeah, this is so good. So as someone is processing this for themselves, like as they're identifying the feelings, the thoughts, the body sensations that are coming up, they take that time to kind of process it, check their heart, repent, then kind of what is that next step? I mean, I know we talked about before, like stress is okay to feel. Is it just okay sometimes to just be like, you know what? Like I'm repenting of these feelings and I'm just going to move through this knowing that, you know, tomorrow is going to be a new day or this is just part of life. Even if it's not necessarily affecting other people, because sometimes stress does affect other people, especially if it's in our relationships. But if it's like, you know, a hard day at work or just too many burdens that we feel overwhelmed by, Mm -hmm. is it okay just to sit with that? Or what kind of mechanisms should people do to kind of move through that stress or should they?
1: Yeah. So it really depends again on how the person is affected by it. If they are burdened and consumed and overwhelmed by it, to the degree that it's really overflowing into, say, their family life or um, their own personal decision making, then there's more happening there. They're more affected by it. And you may need to spend a little bit more time getting help with it, talking to a friend, processing it more. But you know, then there's other days where you just had a rough day. There was just a lot happening. And so just even, you know, asking yourself, what do I need in these moments to Feel recentered with the Lord, feel recentered with myself. What would be life giving and re energizing for me? And is there something that I can learn from these stressors that happened to me today? Again, recognizing that God, in His sovereignty, ordained every every little thing that happened to you today. So how can I take that as an opportunity to say, okay, what is God teaching me in these moments? Is there something I can learn? Or today was just a rough day and hey, hey you know what, tomorrow's going to be different and let's see what, what else we can do differently. What else can I learn about myself or God mm. um, or relationships? So I don't know if that, that helps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking, you know, I know so much of our audience are always looking for personal development and ways that they can continue to grow and to learn. And what better teacher than the Holy Spirit and Jesus, you know, when you're having these moments and you're having these days to really think, okay, what, what am I supposed to be learning today? And I think sometimes even just seeking, that's when we'll find. And that's when yes. we'll find what that growth moment is or what God is trying to teach us or show us or speak to us in those moments and in those days. Because sometimes it's just get, trying to get our attention. And so if we can train ourselves to cast our eyes on Him versus the right. issue, then a whole world will be exposed to us on on what opportunities are in front of us.
1: Yeah. And if we can say, you know, the Lord desires for us to grow in health in holiness in healing and relationships. And so he wants us to be more like Christ. So in our emotions, in our hearts, in our thoughts. And so what are these stressors showing us about that and how can we plug into him to, to be a greater resource in these days instead of just, Compartmentalizing him to our time of prayer or reading the Bible, how can we really engage his presence in a in a much more proactive and timely way during the day?, mm,
0: so beautifully said, so beautifully said, so I know we covered a lot already, just with anchoring in God, anchoring in ourselves, and really being able to be proactive about seeing what comes up for us personally with stress. Next, I want to talk to you about relationships so we will make this part two of the conversation are you good to stick around for that absolutely let's do it fantastic well there you go i hope that you enjoyed part one with miriam just as much as i enjoyed talking with her you know she really brings so much wisdom and insight into everything that she does And so with that, I hope that you go when you check out her podcast called In Relationship. And of course, she's going to be back with us again next week as we continue our discussion all about stress. And next week, we're diving into relationships and stress. So I hope that you hit subscribe if you haven't done so already so you don't miss that. So until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.